This is part three of a three-part podcast. Hi, my name is Ryan. I've been a supporter of Paul's for many years now. I wish to get the podcast and video creation part of the system we call Paul back up to full speed. And I think Patreon support is a big part of that system. Go over to patreon.com slash Paul Wheaton. Make a pledge for each artifact that Paul creates. Again, the site is patreon.com slash Paul Wheaton. You can also find the link in the podcast notes. Enjoy the podcast. Step one is you're going to take anything that resembles topsoil and move it back. Right. And that's going to go on the tippy top later. Right. All right. Then you're going to take, you know, what's there and, and, and you're going to map out like how wide it's going to be and right. you're going to place some, some stakes, some right. markers of some kind. And then you're going to dig outside of that. Right. And you're going to start piling it up on top right. for where everything goes. So now like, let's suppose that you end up digging down six feet deep. Okay. Like, like within a. Uh, now we have a moat. Yes. Like, yes. <laughs> okay. Let's let's say that you dig down. Six I don't think we could do six feet down in between our berm and the road. I think that gets into the Department of. Oh, no. very, very good. Very good. Very good. Very good. Very good. No, stick with me here just All a right, moment. Okay. And and so. Uh, uh, we're going to, because we've come along, because it's, it's like we've got 60 feet from the center of the road. Right. And so you've got, so when we get to the edge of the berm, that's going to be the closest to the road. Uh, so that's like it's a, 16 feet. It's so about. 45 feet, yeah. So the, the most outside edge of the berm uh-huh. is probably still a good 45 feet. From to the center. road, okay. and you've got some trees over there. Yeah, there's some scrubby and it's trees. About, and that that sort of scrubby trees are maybe 10 feet, 15 feet wide. Mm-hmm. So let's see, that leaves us about 30 feet, mm-hmm. a, a 30 foot wide path. Okay. And we can dig down maybe four to six feet in a 30 foot wide path, mm-hmm. and use that material to go on top of the berm. Okay. Now, the leaving thing, the trees alone. Right. We're wanting to leave the trees alone. We're gonna. So from the road, it looks the same. We're gonna. From the road, it looks the same. This is important. Yes. And then, and we're gonna upset their some of their roots a little bit, uh-huh. but not too much. These trees aren't particularly big. No. No. And so. They, um, they're just volunteer trees. They're just. Right. They showed up. Right. And so now the thing is, is like, let's suppose that we've dug down six feet deep uh-huh. with a giant excavator. Okay. And then we piled up building this berm, and we ended up making it only nine feet tall. Right. But we dug down six feet deep. Oh, okay. So now you've got your 15 feet. So it's like, it's as if the berm is now 15 feet, but really we only made it nine feet tall. Okay. So, um, in a way, um, most of the of the berm is only a couple of feet deep uh-huh. uh, above the original ground level. Right. But the more we could get above the original ground level, the better, because the road is higher than the property. The noisy road yes. is up higher. We okay. we slope down from that road. Suddenly, you want to dig even deeper <laughs> to make that berm even taller. So maybe 15 feet tall isn't enough. 
Yeah, so I have a little drawing there. Yeah. It's trying to show the style of this berm, but we can't, it doesn't fit in the podcast very no, well. No, no. Okay. Yeah, anyway. So. It's but a, you could tell I was trying to explain it to Elliot. I can see this. Yeah. Okay, this is from you know it's talking to Elliot. Right? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. So he's seen it at least. But now, you know, you just uh, dug up a bunch of land. You got down from from where you're digging down. Mm-hmm. You got down to the subsoil mm-hmm. and you did save some of the topsoil and you threw that back on top, mm-hmm. and that's full of hawkweed. Yeah. But it's been turned all topsy turvy. Right. And the hawkweed is confused and not sure what to do. But of course, you plant it immediately. Uh huh. And um, there was some hawkweed. What would you plant on top of a brand new oh, burn? Now, uh, hang on. Oh, I, I've got a quick thing I just need to do real quick. So there's a couple of different things that happened. There was right where the berm is going. There was some hawkweed there. Mm-hmm. It's it's now buried it's by under at least 15 foot of soil, so or nine feet of soil. Two, nine, twelve. There's all kinds of things you're doing. Very fasting very interesting it's not going to make it through that yeah and so we effectively we didn't use a speck of of herbicide and that the hawkweed is now very sad yes and then we dug down uh-huh. and and right where we dug down um, uh, we exposed a lot of uh, subsoil right and it turns out no hawkweed there either. Right. And so that hawkweed is all very sad also. And there's like hawkweed bits throughout this berm, and all those hawkweeds are sad, and they're not going to do very good. Mm-hmm. Um, so we haven't eliminated the hawkweed, but we've definitely set it way back. Mm-hmm. And um, now the problem that you have is like the whole thing with the gardener and 40 acres. One gardener, 40 acres the hawkweed's going to come back. Yes. So what we need is a gardener that's that's there. Focused on that berm. Really close to the berm, yeah. which, you know, you just had a rhodectomy. So hopefully that, that area is more of a, it'll be 10 times the sanctuary that it was, mm-hmm. 10 times more appealing. Now, mm-hmm. pretty close to where the berm's going in, you, you've got that double wide. Right. Uh, clearly, you wanted whoever was in that double wide to suffer and listen to the road. And so, um, so whoever's there. The original people wanted to be close to their goats. And the goats were... Oh, there's, there's there's a barn. Is there a barn? Did I not see the barn? <laughs> Did you, you didn't see the barn? You were so like shocked by the ugly, ugly double wide. Yeah, there's a cute little red barn, okay. a little on the other side, further from the okay. noisy road, um, and uh, the the previous farmers who had goats that we were hoping would go all over the property and and eat back the blackberries because of course we chopped it back but we didn't mm. dig it up. Mm. The goats mostly lived in the barn. When, when I very first got the property that we call the lab now, mm-hmm. um, I had a friend come out who's a forester, and he looked at it, and he is respected for having techniques that are rather permaculture-esque, but he sprays right. napweed, and uh, he also, uh, when he logs... He, you know, sets the brushes and he burns it in the winter. And so I remember he was teaching a course one day, and he's like, you know, it was in January. He's like, you know, okay, all that smoke you smell, nearly all the smoke that you're all breathing in right now is from one of my fires. And so like, hey. and he was like, oh. yeah. So I'm kind of like, mm. 
But we're looking at my property and brought him up there, and, and he's like, you know, okay, here's a here's a bunch of napweed right here. What are you going to do about that? And right. I said, wherever I see a whole lot of napweed, my thought is that's where I need to plant a permie. A person, right. And and um, that'll become their zone one. All the napweed will be gone. Mm-hmm. So we have set back the hawkweed. The right. hawkweed Building our will take over, and the seeds will constantly come. Oh, so many seeds. But if you've got a gardener, mm-hmm. and and the hawkweed is in check, and the soil is rich, and you're growing food, and um, they're, most of the plants that are growing are not considered weeds. There's uh-huh. only a few things that are. Then um, And then there's some hawkweed sending mm-hmm. out a beautiful yellow flower. And um, and there's also, because like one of the things I noticed is I did not see dandelion. It's true. And a lot of times where there's hawkweed, there's not dandelion. Oh. And, and it's kind of like, okay, but you, you want dandelion. You want dandelion because that's delicious. Mm. Yes. And it's a great and permaculture plant. Yeah, yeah. So it's like you need to have a gardener who will be on top of this. And it's like, okay, this two acres is my garden, which includes this magnificent berm. <laughs> and um, I need to, to make sure that, you know, all the growies are there and there's food for my family and a little extra. Mm-hmm. And and the one thing I don't want is I don't want hawkweed to get established because it'll... It's trouble. Yeah, and it's allelopathic, and it'll poison everything. So I don't, and it'll kill all my garden. I don't want that, because I'm a gardener. So um, now, of course, if you're a farmer, and you've got 40 acres that you're farming, and you see napweed. Uh, Hawkweed. Hawkweed. You'd be spraying it. Probably. Yeah. And and it's like, this is kind of where I'm thinking, like, let's let the farming Gardeners go. versus farming, yes. And so, um, and I kind of, I'm, I'm kind of thinking like, um, you could say a permaculture farm, mm-hmm. but it's like, rather than permaculture farm. It's a permaculture village. I think so. Yeah. I think so. And as we're, and so maybe there's certain words where it's like, because it's like when they when they came out with that movie Permaculture Orchard, which by the way I am the supreme executive producer with Bacon Cheese and Sparkles. I know. Uh, my name pops up at you know seven seconds in. In fact, it was kind of funny. Helen Atow wrote to me and she says, "Have you seen this movie? It's amazing." And I said, "Watch the movie again about seven seconds in and pause it and tell me what you can see about whether I've seen the movie or not." And so um, that's funny. Anyway, but permaculture orchard is considered an oxymoron. Right. Yeah. And I kind of wonder if permaculture farm is another one. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, it's worth yeah. thinking about. Yeah. Because farm implies more acres than can be managed in a permaculture way. It also kind of implies I'm going to grow everything in rows mm. and. But yeah, it's like my function is to produce this enormous amount of food. Right. And um, and of course, a lot of farms are food deserts. That's in their story. But mm-hmm. but it's kind of like, uh, or it's a monocrop kind of a thing. Right. And it's like it's like. But if you have a, an enormous garden, mm-hmm. if you have a giant, it's like permaculture garden is is definitely a permaculture thing and yes. it's going to have a and food forest and is so like the quintessential permaculture thing true true um I, although i'm kind of thinking like you can also do a lot of hugel cultures that 
don't have trees on it. Oh, yeah. It's like it doesn't gonna have, have to be a food forest. I'm just, when I think of No, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm thinking like, uh, so I've got some kind of, but I'm thinking that the key is, because you start seeing food forest, and I love the idea of having a symbiotic relationship with a forest, with a mm-hmm. woodland, mm-hmm. with a woodland. But, um, uh, and, and there can be some of that, especially on the back end of your property. Yeah. Um, but I'm kind of thinking like, let's have some, you know, for that first part, behind the new berm because it's kind of like what do you do about all that hawkweed yeah and so I'm thinking like okay step one this giant berm kind of kind of set it back about 99% okay and we didn't spray although I have a question about the hawkweed that's you know further back from the rocket oven house that is hawkweed covering a large portion of a of a meadow or pasture Mm -hmm. and it's in the topsoil Mm-hmm. So am I getting a really big earth-moving uh, equipment, and I'm scraping that up, and it's going into the giant berm at the front of the property? And then I'm like, hi, I have solved my no. hawkweed problem. You start, you start moving dirt like that. Now uh-huh. you need a dump truck. Right, a really big dump truck. And it's like that slows everything down by like a factor of five. Okay, so when you're building these Ugh. berms, you are building them from adjacent like material. Like right there. Right and, there. And then when you're driving an excavator, there's a thing that they refer to as piggybacking. Uh-huh. So you're going to park the excavator over there. Right. And it's going to dig and make a pile. And then you're going to move the excavator, and it's going to pick up the pile and put it where you want to go. Oh, I get it. That's piggybacking, but that's going to more than double the amount of time it takes to do anything. Okay. And so it's like, let's avoid that also. So the hawkweed and pasture, too, is its own problem. It's a different... But we're getting there. We're getting there. Okay. Okay. All right. So, but here we are talking about this pasture next to the road. And and I want the I want the berm to start next to your driveway like thing, mm-hmm. and it's going to go up, and then it's going to hang a left because there was a house there. Right. It was very brown. It was a brown house with brown trim. Oh right, the neighbor's it's, house. It's like I think the roof was painted with a roller that had the same paint on it. It's like this is a brown box. It's a very brown house, yes. And I think that um, and they had a boat parked in the lawn Uh and all I could think and so I heard something about like it's basically nobody lives there it's storage it's true it's storage at the moment and I thought okay I have a reason Mm -hmm. but this is like I kind of got the impression like this is the only person who can see onto your property right they are higher the the highest point on our property (sighs) is right there yeah where um, what do at, you wish at for at the highest point on your water property? storage? I wish for yes, water storage. Yes, that's a good wish. That's the yes. best wish. Yes. All right. Did and, you hear the story about that? What? Did you hear the story about our attempt to do water storage at the highest point in our property? Um, let's let's put that on hold. Okay. Okay. But the the thing I want to do mm-hmm. is like. Like someday somebody might actually live there, right? And then they'll look down on what you've done, and based on their standards, they don't understand what you've done, mm-hmm. and so they're gonna ma- they're gonna call it in, right? You know, right? They'd be like, "What is going on over there? Those people are crazy." And and in order for them to, in order for their call to be worth their three minutes of time, they got to spin it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're making nuclear weapons with meth out of babies. Mm-hmm. 
And so that way now uh, the call is made and somebody's going to come out and look at your pond. <laughs> and and it's like, uh, because that's what was called. That was the, you know, and it's like, hey, I wanted to make a pond and you said I wasn't allowed to, uh-huh. but my neighbor, I can see it. Ah, yeah, yeah. Uh, or whatever. Right, right, I mean, right, there's right. all kinds of, you know, the, 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 the nuclear weapons made from babies thing mm-hmm. is, you know, because now I'm upset and if I have to suffer, they have to suffer at least as much. Right, right. And so... But if you have a berm there, well, then they don't know. Right. Unless they come over trespassing or something. But, right, you know, right. that's, uh, that's so a whole different thing. So you're thing. imagining an L-shaped berm that goes towards the property and then and then hooks away from the road to create a yes. visual barrier for that little property there. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. So so now you've got the berm there, uh-huh. and you got paths on it and stuff. So now you're like, oh, it is a garden. It's just full of life and joy uh-huh. and happiness. Well, one side of the berm is lovely to be on. The other side of the berm, I don't know if I want to spend any time. Well, you know, I mean, I kind of feel like I imagine that your no spray uh-huh. policy is going to make it so that you end up with some really magnificent soils. Uh-huh. And the stuff that's nearer to the road, which you still have a little bit of a division. I mean, uh-huh. if you're outside, I mean, it won't be as wonderful. Right. But let's pretend for a moment that the gardening opportunities are magnificent. Okay. Gardening opportunities are magnificent. Okay. All right. All right. But the key is that the berm goes up the hill, hangs <clears throat> the left, and goes down a ways. Okay. And then, and then, so then that's the beginning of the earthworks. Okay. Now, there's also, on the other side of your driveway-like thing, yes. let's have a berm that kind of goes with that also. Definitely need a berm on that side, yes. All right. And then let's kind of have a berm that follows the driveway for 40 feet or so oh. on both sides on of the driveway. Of the driveway. So that way as people are driving down the road and Uh they're trying to see down there, all they see is... Gardening, gardened berms. They don't see into your pasture. And Ah. it also eliminates the noise from when, because you'll be sitting there and it'll be suddenly quiet and then you hear... From that little opening. That little opening. So you think Bam! the berm going down the driveway would help with that? Yes. Okay. That's what I I was kind of wondering if you could have, like, on your property, there's a berm with a gate through it. And, um... How does that go? Okay. All right. But, but let's... Anyways, let's we're designing... You know, and so, all right, so this is the beginning of our earthworks. Mm -hmm. There's plenty more knapweed out there calling hawkweed. I'm sorry, yes, (laughs) right, right? I'm mixing my weeds up. But but the thing is, do your earthworks first. And it's like, okay, now you're in Oregon. We're in Oregon. And so that pond is, is, but you know what? You could just make a... A, a, just a dry little pit up there, right? Uh-huh. And and then if hogs were there, they would that would be their hog waller. So wait, and so that's on the inside of highest the point. The yes. highest point would be the top of the bird. I heard I heard something about what you wished for. Yeah. I don't want to make anything like this on top of the berm. Okay. But I do want something at the highest point. Yeah, but the highest point 
is beyond the berm, and I don't... No, 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 no. I, oh, okay, no, all right, no. all right. So... The highest accessible You know, point. you've got 40 acres. Yes, yes. And there's a lot of slopey bits in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. So I'm not going to do... I'm not going to make something the size of a five-gallon bucket at the top of your berm. Okay. That's not... That's not... When you said... Even though that's actually the highest point. I want water storage at the highest point. I want to store something bigger than five gallons. Uh-huh. And I want people driving down the road to not uh, look it. at it and, and develop crazy thoughts. So is it, is it in that corner? Yes. All right. So it's yes. in that corner. Yes. Tucked in, that, in there where no one can see it. Tucked in there where no one can see it. Got it. It's... Not a pond. No, not a pond. It's a pig wallow. It's a hog wallow. Yeah. And and then it's like now, just a little ways down, mm-hmm. there looked like a spot to me, which I heard a rumor gets a little swampy, and that and you could even call it maybe mm. maybe a spring is probably just a seep. Yeah, seep. But you know what you could do mm-hmm. is you could kind of put in something like a well. Oh, okay. Right there. And then what if you, like, put a little uh, 12-volt pump there and a solar panel so that whenever the sun shines, you know, because you got that two months, three months out of the year where uh, you get lots of sun, Mm -hmm. but there's not any rain. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and that could moisten up that hog waller and and you can, you can get, you can use the water to be able to, um, uh, Bring water to your livestock. Right, that, that's perfectly that's, legal. That's that is legal and legit. And then when it spills over, pigs wallow in that stuff. They do. So you can't stop them from wallowing. I mean, that's what they're into. It's yeah. it's their mo. Yes. And um and so now you've got a wet spot that's high on your property. Mm-hmm. And at which and then of course if it if if the sun just keeps hitting those solar panels, what are you going to do? Well, it's going to overflow at some point, I imagine. Uh, and okay. then right. now with permaculture, we kind of like, you know, we want to slow all the water down. We want to keep it on the land as long as possible. Plus, pigs have been in it. That's going to be kind of dirty in it. You, uh-huh. You'd want it before that went back to wherever it's got to go. You want to clean it up. Right. Yeah. And so, let's let's put it through um, a variety of different like you know uh, little little ditch kind of things and some wide spots and sl- nice and slow filter 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 uh-huh. until it until it runs off your property very low on your property. Right. I know you know exactly what I'm talking about where something where they in in permaculture we call these things ponds and you'll just be calling them something different yes and that'll that'll make the government very happy now my what i've heard Mm -hmm. is that because like a lot of times the first of all the department of making you sad is generally complaint driven right and so somebody will see something and then they will complain. They say something. Yes. Now, if you've got big berms and stuff, that eliminates probably 95% of the complaints. And this uh-huh. is a big part of permaculture. It's, there's no 100% solution. Right. There's a long list of solutions. Right. And then, so then the, the next thing is, is that, okay, we're in the 5% zone. So the call was made. They came out. They had to look. My my understanding is, is from hearing from a lot of different regulators, they think this stuff is fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. And so, Personally. Yes. Yes. And so they're trying... Trying to find a way 
to get this to fit somewhere. Mm -hmm. And you just have to have your language in order. So when they show up, then you can say, that's a hog waller. Right. That is where we're trying to clean the water that overflowed from the hog waller. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and, and of course, you know, there's other language like, you are not allowed to derive any benefit whatsoever mm. from that. Mm -hmm. You cannot have water to put out fires. Mm. You cannot have water for you to swim in. You cannot have water for um, fish. That is not allowed. Oh, that is against the law. Okay. But you can have water to water your livestock. Right, livestock and, have rights. And you, you, you know, so then, so you just, you know, and then a lot of times they so just, they the hogs, just so for the ducks. need to hear you say the words that they are programmed to receive and be on their merry way. Right. So, um, I mean, you know, they're living in the area. They needed a job. <laughs> this is the job that they got. Right. They get paid pretty got good. Benefits. So, benefit. So they're like, yeah. okay, this is what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And and then they get to some places, and the people are mean and creepy, and they're like, oh, it turns out you have a lot of violations. Right. But you know, okay, all right, all right. And and uh, we're gonna skip past a lot. But the the thing is, is that okay? We've got the berm. Mm -hmm. We've got the hog. Waller. Hog Waller in you're, the corner of the berm. And and now you're going to start putting in hugel cultures. Okay. And you know that I want them to go in a general downhill direction, and we, I want them to be wavy. Right, because you don't want to create frost pockets, so you right. don't want them on contour. You want them almost 90 degrees to contour, but since they're wavy, it's a variety of angles. And then if I can keep the wind out, no matter which direction the wind is blowing, which you didn't have much wind when I was no, there. No, we don't have a big wind problem. Okay. Because there's so many of those trees. Uh -huh. Giant so, Doug um, and I think, you know, as you're doing your earthworks, you can think about art and things of that nature. And mm -hmm. I think when you're talking about a garden, and let's say this is going to be a four-acre garden, okay. so a pretty, pretty significant garden, uh -huh. then, I mean, what you have right now isn't very soul-building. And a lot of that soul building is lost due to the road. Yes. But, you know, it's like, well, if you can make, uh, you're going to have your big hugel cult, your, your big berm. Right. And then you're going to have your hog waller. Right. And then you're going to have uh, a bunch of hugel cultures that twist and turn and create mm -hmm. interesting maze-like paths to get lost in. Mm -hmm. I think you've got the beginning of something magnificent. Now okay. you can also put in a couple of food forest patches here and there and some mm -hmm. patches that are not very foresty. They're more, you know, uh, uh, they don't have as much shade. Because right. now that was another thing, too, is this mm -hmm. particular place is, I believe, a north-facing slope. Uh, it's... It's arranged on an east-west, like the long axis mm -hmm. is is um, the roads on the west end of it. Right. So this is oh, this might be a south-facing slope. No, it's actually north because the um, the tallest part on the property is the southwest corner, which makes it a north-facing slope. Okay. There's some right. south-facing slope, but it's mostly like the major slope of the land. It's, I mean, right, right, right. Is we're on north. The key slope. is is that um, if you went to the uh, southernmost, north facing. So if you went to the northernmost, so uh -huh. when the when the sun is low in the sky in the winter time, right? Is there 
uh, you know, right around there, are there what's going to get kinda, sun? We're kind of lucky because, oh wait, when the sun is low in the southern sky, then the sun is over our brown house neighbor, and um, and so in the first part of the property, we are unforested, basically to the property edge. So the first part of the property's got pretty good exposure, other than it being a north-facing slope. Um, further back, we've got some significant forest to our south. Further back on the property. Yeah, yeah. And so you then know, that's like going to be the thing where you're going to... 70 foot... So when you make your berm uh-huh. or your berms that are next to your driveway... Uh-huh. That We're might, creating south-facing That might be some slope. of your best... Right. Your best place to get sun mm-hmm. in the winter. Yes, definitely. And so... Because um, it's in the middle of the property. It doesn't have a lot of obstructions to the south. Right. Yes. Right. And so that might even be a... Anyway, that's going to be a place where you're going to... Your, your winter... So that might be your winter crops right there. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's going to be a lot of your property that's going to end up getting, like, practically no sun in the middle of winter. Mm-hmm. Um, One kind of a, the apple trees are all covered in lichens. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, you know, and and maybe it would be a good time to talk to, well, all right. So that's another story for another yes. day, like how to get more sun on your property. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I saw a fig tree. Figs do well around here. Yeah, a couple yeah. of fig trees. Yeah. I saw a catalpa tree. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um Let's see. Um, talked about the berms. Uh, a, a patch of green grass. Oh, right. Last winter, uh-huh. you had a sacrifice area for your cattle. Right. It was like the, some of the poorest soil. Yes. Now this year, as we're looking at your property, there's <laughs> the a lot of place. there's a lot of dormant grass. So it's right. brown. Yeah. But on this particular patch, things are still very green. Yeah. So it's a a powerful indicator of a lot of things. But I think the number one thing is there's a lot of organic matter there that's yes. holding moisture longer. Because that's where the cattle hung out in the winter and got fed hay. And stomped around and pooped and peed. And then we planted it with uh, crimson clover and rye. I think it might be perennial rye. So great soil building stuff. Yeah. And um, I also noticed I did not see uh-huh. hawkweed Oh, and that's there. that, yeah. But then there was hawkweed outside of that spot. And so next year there'll be hawkweed in there. And so, well, I kind of think that you, Maybe keep, not. you keep doing this stuff. Right, if we keep moving the sacrifice area around, that's that's a way to address the hawkweed. It's one way. It's one way. Like, and, and it's like, you know, I think that when the soil gets rich enough and whatnot, then the hawkweed can't outcompete the other things. Right. But it'll still try. It'll try, but yeah, but if it's been pounded into near oblivion and it's competing with newly sprouting happy other plants. Yeah. Now, I did see a garden, and I was disappointed to see that the garden was in rows. Rows, yeah. Which yep. bugs me. I know. But, you know, I'm glad, and as I said to Elliot, I'm, I'm so glad to see any kind of um, food garden, uh-huh. even if it is so in rows. you're going to let the rows go. I mean, I, I want to whine about how I want it to be so much more, mm-hmm. but, A yeah. lot of food being now, grown there. How, there's a lot of food being grown there. Yes. How much hawkweed? Is being I don't there. think there's any hawkweed and where those people why, are gardening. Why is that? Human input. 
there's a human being going through there and plucking it out. Yeah. And it's like, because I'm growing something else right here, this is a tidy little row. Now, right. I kind of feel like with permaculture, we're going to not do rows, but we're going to also have some idea of like what plants are okay right. and our permaculture players and which ones are not. And yeah. so we're going to take the ones that are not. If, if a Douglas fir tree started to grow in the middle of your garden... Pull you, that baby out. Yeah, it's a yeah. weed. Go away. And so... Um, uh-huh. Any kind of conifer starts growing in the middle of your garden. Mm-hmm. Pluck it. But, yeah. uh, and, and, of course, hawkweed. Pluck Hawthorns. it. Um, and there's a lot of different... In this particular kind of garden, any kind of tree gets started there, you're probably yeah. going to pluck it. But, I mean, yeah. there might be some trees that will be like, oh, that's an apple. It's like in our garden, uh-huh. uh, Jocelyn's got this spot where, I mean, at, at base camp... Base camp is a giant rock. Right. And so there's this spot where the soil was a half an inch deep, and Jocelyn's been babying it. Mm-hmm. And so she's got it probably about two and a half to three inches thick now of soil, uh-huh. just from constant love. And um, uh, without her trying, and I think she just put like Ruth Stout style um, uh, kitchen scraps under the mulch kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And. Um, <clears throat> She's got like a dozen little baby apple trees growing there. Oh, wow. From seed. Right. From just, you know, she didn't even try. They just showed up. Uh huh. Probably because I eat a lot of apples. Right. And, and apples are tough. They are. They are. And they're, they're originally from what? Kazakhstan? Yes. Yeah. That's some, that's some tough territory there. Yeah. Um, and so she's got, and one of them is about a good five or six feet tall now. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, which is amazing for such shallow, shallow soil. But, of course, they all have their taproot, which isn't going to be of much value in, you know, on solid rock. Uh-huh. But um, the, Wherever they can. the thing is, if, if, if you've got a garden uh-huh. and you're doing a permaculture study, Style, and you did see this tree grow, you might do like Jocelyn's doing and say, "I'm gonna let, I'm gonna let them go." I'm gonna let that one go. That looks good. Yeah. yeah. And someday, we'll see what happens. Maybe I'll have a new garden, a new spot, and let this, you know, mm-hmm. uh, tree do its thing. But we have tons of trees, yes. tons that are starting their fruit trees uh, from. Uh, a stone pit or seed uh, all over the property. Oh, that's great. Fred's got a little apricot forest that he started that's near the turtle lot. Oh, um, and they're all wonderful. they've all got little mulchy donuts around them right now. So you can identify them. Yeah. This is a favorite thing. So yes. I like I was trying to I, I had a tour the, earlier this year and uh, and it's like that narrow little path and I asked everybody to stop and and stay on the path and one guy was like he was at the back he couldn't hear oh he didn't hear you say so yeah. he he tromped right up and was standing on one of the trees while I said <laughs> okay uh, the thing I was trying to say was that you couldn't you know couldn't hear you know this is where we've got it you know so anyway it's like oh shit oh yeah. sorry baby <laughs> yeah and so um oops that's great though because i remember when we visited you with when i visited you with the girls you were like and this is how i plant a peach <laughs> so you're like, good luck peach <laughs> hope you make it <laughs> <laughs> All right. Some of those are taking. That's great. Um, 
So I think that the patch of green grass mm -hmm. is is an indicator of things to do in the future. Yes. Might even be a great place to have a garden mm -hmm. um, sometime soon. Next, the next item is the rocket oven. The rocket oven. And so I wanna. There's a thing. I remember you and I talked about this thing. Okay. Um, when you were at my place the last time, okay. and you're like, I'm going to make a rocket oven. I'm going to make a rocket oven. Because you're in our video. You're in at least one I'm of in, our videos. Our rocket oven is in the video. Yeah, and uh, okay, now, uh, but is in the DVD. But in the one video on YouTube uh -huh. where it's like, let's cook a bunch of stuff, and then you and, and your rocket oven. Made, right, I filmed that. Yeah. I'm behind the camera. I'm the voice. Okay. Yes. All right. All right. Erica's talking and cooking, and I'm chatting with her and filming. So the one thing I said was. Uh huh. Let's suppose that you have a deck, right. and the deck is like a foot and a half up off the ground. Right. So you build your rocket oven off just off the deck. Right, on the ground. And so the cool thing that you could do that would make it so much better uh -huh. is that the wood feed would be off the deck. Right. And that way it can be much lower. So that way, and then here's what I said, but what I'm seeing is different than, than what, what I was you said. telling you. Okay, so what you were visualizing is not what we did. Is I, oh, was, no. I was visualizing that you would walk off of the deck, and while you're not standing on the deck, you would feed the wood feed. Ah. And then you could go up onto the deck to get to the rocket oven part. I get it. Because the reason why, the problem that we have right now is that in order for the oven to be at a high oven position, right. then the J-tube, the riser, needs uh -huh. to be shortened. Right. In order to, which means that the wood feed has to be shortened. Right. And so then we end up with these stubby wood feeds. And the you wood put feed in, is like a third the height of the riser? Yes, yes. Exactly. Yes. And so the problem Otherwise we're having. Otherwise you get alternate chimney effect and it's a problem. Smoke that. Yes. Yes. And so then um, the problem that we're having is we've got these little stubby wood feeds. Uh -huh. And so you've got to make sure to feed in only stubby wood. Right. But you want to feed in, like, real wood. Right. And, um, and get a lot more fuel going and stuff like that. And yeah. it's like, so it's been problematic. Okay. And it's kind of like, well, the solution, the A solution would be is if we could have a full-sized riser. Right. Then we could have a full-sized wood feed. But then the, the, the oven, oven would be, so would be high way up. high. Yeah. And that would be the just nuts. Very tall people such as yourself could get into the oven. And It'd be hard. even then it would be, yeah. it would have its challenges. Yeah. So then it's kind of like, you know, the solution would be off of a deck. Uh -huh. And so then if the deck is like 18 inches taller than the ground level, then okay. and then you could go off the deck, feed the wood, the full-sized wood feed, then mm -hmm. it has a full-sized riser, and mm -hmm. then you've got the oven part sitting on top of that, but you go up to the deck and now it's at the proper height. Right. But what we have is the rocket oven that was languishing in a workshop somewhere near Seattle when mm -hmm. I visited you. So I visited you, I made that video with Erica right. and you were like, Oh, I want to I want to do the Kickstarter but you know, we I don't have enough footage and, and there's this rocket oven and, and we filmed it being built, but now it's just sitting there and I'm like, Well, I will I, I want that rocket oven. So the feed had already been created. Right, and right, right. Cut out a Dura board. Right. And so I think the J tube on my rocket oven is exactly the same size and shape as the J tube on oh, your rocket oven. Okay. Because it's just it's just another one of the same thing. And we did set it off the deck and so it's it's very low. <laughs> it is. And it's like your wood feed the opening for your wood feed is just a little higher than the deck. So it's like it's it's as if you built uh the 
the rocket oven into the deck, uh-huh. and you got it to be a little bit taller. Right. Uh, riser, but I don't think that's what you did. No, the riser so. is the same size yeah. as yours. Okay. But the oven is very easy to get into. Yeah. Because everything's lower. So um, short people can use our oven, no problem. And I encourage everybody to uh, look at Permies and... What is it? My attempt to make the most beautiful rocket oven. Anyway. Right, right. It's, but if it, you go to the rocket oven page, you will see a picture of a beautiful rocket oven, and that would be mine. <laughs> and the front of, of it has a mosaic. Yeah. yeah. The front of it has a mosaic. That's all I've managed to mosaic. I want to mosaic the entire surround. So right now, my uh-huh. bladder is telling me that the podcast has reached its end. Okay. And I have covered all of my notes. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Most of them I covered it without even looking at the list. And so, um, do you have anything else to add to this podcast? Um, no, thanks for coming out. Uh, oh, there was a thing. Yes. Remember the big thing? Big. The, the big, big thing. There was a big reason why we wanted to record a podcast. To, okay. Okay. Um, so often, uh-huh. when people are contemplating design, right. including people design, right. then um, they start to think like, all you got to do is hire somebody. Oh, we, we talked about this at the beginning of a this. A little bit. And how anyone bit. who says this has never actually hired anybody, and it's a lot harder than it sounds. So now there were some people that you brought in. Oh, so right. The, so and I want to not our, use any names no, no, or anything no, no, like that. Right. So we, uh, we bought the property. And the day that we took ownership, somebody broke into that 100-year-old farmhouse and ransacked a couple of things. Okay. And I don't know how they knew that, like, ownership had changed hands. It was a little creepy. But, like, we had been on the property multiple times checking it out, and then we're like, hey, we're owners, and we show up, and the door's been kicked down, and, you know. So we felt very strongly we needed people to be on the property. Ah. On the property. We needed, like, a human presence on the property because... I'm a doctor. I live in Portland. I I, I can't live on this I think, property. I, I want to start right there. Mm-hmm. So you're saying mm-hmm. somebody in the Portland area mm-hmm. kicked in the door and caused damage mm-hmm. and stole stuff? Well, I don't know if there's anything of value in there, but they were hoping. They okay. were looking for things of value. So now there's been a lot of farms where um, I have visited them and they said, oh, yeah, this this farm was for sale or it was empty for some reason or whatever. Uh-huh. And it was only um, empty for a, a few weeks or a couple of months. And vandals came in and they stole everything that wasn't nailed, nailed down. down. Yeah. And I kind of feel like this is on the part. So it's like um, yeah. there are people in the world who, who think look that for that's unguarded okay. property and say, I'm going to take whatever I can find here. So yeah. um, I. I kind of feel like, because whenever we start talking about, so it's like, well, if they're permaculture, people are going to be great. And I mm. kind of feel like, you know, that that is not, that's not a not guarantee. Not necessarily true. And, and I kind of feel like we've, I've shared some examples where it's like, you know, like I think in a, a podcast, which you've now listened to. Yes. The one where I told the story of Andy. Yes. Not his real name. Right, right, right. And, and he brought in a whole bunch of people and they were, and they were all of them, yeah. universally, and they were all permies. Mm-hmm. And then he brought in another batch. And all of them universally, and they were all permies, and they're gone. And so, um, third try clearly higher than market rent, yeah, that worked better, yes, right. Yes, so, um, here you bought a property, and it's not we don't know if it's a permie or not, but they came and they kicked in the door, and and so we're like, we need people, so many people looting farms that are like, you know, oh, somebody just moved out. 
they come in and they loot. Mm -hmm. And anything that is not protected, nailed down, there's somebody there to watch it, wow, the people find out and gut the place. They come in, right. And it's like, we can call this crime. Yes, crime, even in the countryside. And it's like, uh, um, so often people are designing their communities or designing their farm with Uh the idea that there's no such thing as crime because all people... Right, because everyone's wonderful. Exactly. And I kind of feel like all right. Then then there's the thing like we're going to do, enter into a business relationship with somebody. Mm-hmm. And again, all people are wonderful, therefore it'll always work great. And it's like spoken like a person who has never done any of this stuff. Right. And so then um it's amazing how it's like okay, well then we got and then it went sour and it's like, well that's on you. Cuz you're a dick. Right. And I'm saying Julia, you're a dick. Oh, definitely. Because, you know, everybody that, knows it. Because that person kicked in your door was a lovely person and you're just you're just awful. Yeah, well, why did you, you shut the door anyway? What, what, was what did you do to those what people? What are you hiding? <laughs> yeah. And building. so it, it seems like there is this. And so we got to design our systems with the idea of like there is this element. There We're is living this in the thing. real world, yeah. Yeah. And and then we could bring people in and it's not a fit. Either, right. either they are icky and they lied about their resume Mm -hmm. or more likely their value set is different and it's like you know well you you know of course i'm a powerful advocate of organic except Mm -hmm. of course when i spray and and then but you gotta spray what else is there to do and it's kind of like okay clearly your value set is different you you talked about organic and how you're 100 percent into organic and then all your messages you're still 100% because you kind of seem to think that it's like, but you got to spray. Yeah. But, you know, you're 100% organic. And to you, your value set makes that work, makes that math mysteriously work out in your head. Mm-hmm. But that value set is not a match for here. Yeah. And so you've got to go right. and yeah. so um, but they don't want to go they've they're like I just got through spraying I know how much that spray costs <laughs> and it's like I've I've done great things here you know and I sprayed all kinds of stuff for you, owe you. Me. yes yeah yes, yeah things. and so I've done these great great things so right. I kind of feel like the bottom line is is that uh, and then, and then the observers, mm-hmm. and this seems like we've got tons of these people who listen to the podcast or watch the videos or read the things that we write on permies, mm-hmm. and their observation is, is like, obviously you suck at the interview process. Right. And, and so, um, and I kind of feel like, yeah, it's hard to tell the people that are lying from those that are not lying. And it's like, well, you should have checked their references. Mm-hmm. And it's like, uh, that's usually not helpful. Well, you should have this. You should. Now, I kind of feel like the PEP program is a solution to this. Yes, yes. And and I, and I you and I have talked about this at great length several times. That right. The PEP program is going to super-duper solve a lot of this stuff. Right. Um, but, you know, we're, we're in our infancy and we're just kind of getting rolling. Mm-hmm. Um, but... When it's further along, you could have a PEP event. Well, farm. oh, that's true. For beginning pep, you you could have a pep event at your farm. Then it would be P. <laughs> well, because you're because like cause, because you're thinking of Elliot. Elliot, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Permaculture experience according to Elliot. P. P. Yeah. Come pee at our farm. Don't don't say that now because I got a P. <laughs> oh, sorry. But, uh, yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. But uh, and it could be pep. At, at your farm, like here's here's, here's pep stuff that we're gonna do here. Right, we're gonna have right, this right, event, right. Mm-hmm. so you're gonna go all the way to Montana. You can just be here in the Portland area, and um, but 
for the sand band. I just kind of feel like you have shared, even in this podcast, mm-hmm. and, uh, multiple occasions with me, and mm-hmm. and and this is the big thing is like. You met some people. Mm-hmm. They seemed so awesome, and you were so excited. Mm-hmm. And and then they came, and then it turned out to be not a fit. And while and yesterday while I was visiting uh-huh. with you and Elliot, right. I got to hear a lot of stories sure, about stories. how it wasn't a fit. Right. And it's like, oh, I, I'm feeling like I hear you. It's yeah. hard. It is difficult. And there's still pain. Well, I can sense there's still pain. Sure. Well, we you know it's kind of lost time. But right. you know, you know how it goes. There's people who who present themselves as we're going to come, we're going to raise these animals, we're going to raise this food, and as it turns out, what they're really into is the no rent part, like the which zero is rent is the kind is of like the what key Andy, factor. Yeah, which is what Andy had. He had the low rent, and so people were mm. there for the low rent and and but paying lip said, service to everything else. Yeah, yeah. They came in and they saw what they needed to say, and so they said it. Yeah, yeah. And it was funny because as I was thinking of, as as this as this couple was leaving, and I was thinking about that, I'm like, well. Gosh, I think the only thing they built was that pig palace because they had a um, like an American guinea hog, mm. and then she was pregnant, and so she needed like a, a walled off place. We had free range pigs when they were here. It's amazing. Um, anyway, Which is so not good next no, to a not, highway. It's not right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there, yeah. Um, anyway, and I was like, well, at least that pig palace. And then I was, I, I mentioned that to Elliot, and he's like, no, I built that. And I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> they didn't build anything, well, not even a did, compost. They pile. did try to raise some animals, but then that also they went raised sour. They animals, but they just weren't very good at and it. Like, like they're good, they were good at hand at bottle feeding, rejected baby sheep and and goats. Like that's a lot of work. Yeah. And that was work they were willing to put in. And when you do that, the baby sheep is or the baby goat is in your house and you feed them every two hours. So that, it, that was work they were willing to put in. But, would it be but fair like to say that on the housing animals properly, mm-hmm. keeping the males away from right. the females, uh, right. none they, of that was very good. Right. Yeah. When Things it comes kind to of the control. wheat and eco scale, yeah. they were going to be low on the scale. Yeah. yeah. And they were getting started and they were learning this stuff. They said that they already knew all this stuff, but it turned right. out that, that turned they, out didn't, they didn't yeah. know as much as they. And, yeah. and so um, it was marketing more than, you know. Yeah. You know yeah. And it's like, but they were saying the things that you did want to hear, and they tried, as opposed to yeah. some people who are like, I'm going to do all these things, and they show up, and they're like constantly getting settled. Right. Uh, it's been eight months. I'm still getting settled. Right. Well, yeah, and there was a bit of that. They did successfully grow marijuana. That, that grew pretty well. Oh, um, and then there was a lot of marijuana consumption. I think that has something to do with how little got done. My my bladder is now telling me yeah, that it's all done. It We're done. Been, okay. We're done. If you like this sort of thing, come on off the forums of Permies.com where we're going to talk about design, uh-huh. homesteading, and permaculture all, all the, the time. time. Don't forget, go out to patreon.com slash Paul Wheaton and make a pledge for future artifacts.